Welcome to the Goodish People Podcast. I'm Jackie Pruitt. And I'm Hannah Jones. As you all know, this is a podcast where we have conversations that are sometimes hard, sometimes funny, sometimes <laughs> awkward. <laughs> I love it. All the while, we're just trying to be good people, as you all know. But although, let's be really real, transparent, and straightforward. We're always just good-ish. Emphasis on the ish. Yeah, I'd say that ish is very transparent and straightforward. I really liked those words. Excellent descriptors. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. So goodish people, join us as we laugh, cry, and snort our way through our life's most pervasive and relatable conversations, which this week is about work-life balance. Oh, Jackie God, I love this. it. Yeah. Jackie uh, suggested this and it couldn't have been on a better week, which we'll get into. Very excited. <sighs> We are out here navigating adulthood to the best of our ability, and along the way, there may be wine, there may be Oktoberfest, and there may be, yet again, Chick-fil-A chicken strips. Mm. It's been that kind of week, ladies and gentlemen. Two very good things. Neither underrated, I I would argue. I agree. I don't drink beer very often because it typically upsets my stomach, but I did have craving for Oktoberfest and Belgian triple ale after having it at Disney and I felt okay. So on Saturday I had a triple ale and it was great. And I don't think I felt sick. I did feel full because I haven't had beer in a while, Mm -hmm. but I think whatever used to bother me, I feel better now. So Mm -hmm. I can, I'm going to start drinking beer again. Maybe we'll see. (sighs) Pending. October, yeah, pending. I, I totally resonate with that because I too have had a challenge with beer before I don't like that it makes me feel super full, especially if I'm going out like and if I'm going to have a few, I don't want to feel and I'm about to maybe have a meal soon. I don't in any way, shape or form want to feel as if I've just eaten like two pieces, two, two big whole pizza pies or something like that. I'm like, that is how it feels. It really does. But the taste, man, of an Oktoberfest just screams fall. It's like the leaves are crunching under my feet. There's a vast canvas of a multitude of colors of orange and red and burnt auburn, and it's just brilliant. It really is. Oktoberfest is delicious. I had one, well, I had a couple sips of one of Connor's this weekend as well. Um, it's just, a, it's a good beer. I've I've always known that I like more full beers, mm-hmm. but I just, now in my return, so beer part two, I'm really <laughs> enjoying the dark, the dark drinks, like German beer, oh. Belgian ale. Yeah. Those have been the ones I'm like, if I'm going to drink a beer, I don't want a light beer right now, which I used to really like light beer. I'm like, I want something that's going to pack a punch, but not really IPA. Mm, I used to love IPA, but I think I overdid it. I think the craft beer Christian world that I was in my 20s or early 20s, uh, that was like the whole culture. I overdid it. I think I can't do it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel that I overdid it with sours. Can't do sours Ooh, anymore. That was like sour. my first after turning 21. Mm. I was like, this is the only kind of beer I like. Oh, I love that you came to sours at that time. Mm-hmm, I, I immediately started drinking Yingling and IPAs mm, good beer. because that's what like was cool. Right. And that's what I was really looking for. I was looking to be cool and not to drink something I enjoyed probably. But I came to Sours a couple of years ago and loved them and had so many of them. And now I just think about it and it makes me bleh. kind right. of like seltzers. It makes me bleh. Same. Feel, Same. Feel the ick. Straight up yeah. ick. Yeah. The ick. Ugh. With seltzers myself. Does that mean you like stouts? Then if I you like don't beers? like stouts, but I do like more carbonated beer then mm. stats typically are less carbonated. But I don't dislike them. I haven't had yeah. one in a while, so maybe I give it another shot. Yeah, they're so thick. They might be too thick for me. I like the 
consistency or like, yeah, the consistency of an Oktoberfest or a Belgian triple ale. They're mm-hmm. dark beers, but they're still light on the palate, right? Yeah, which I, I like. I'm all about like texture and stuff. And yeah, I like the lightness of the beer, the way that it feels, but and the way that it tastes. But mm, Stout, it's just, it tastes good, but there's like this heaviness to it where yep. all of a sudden I feel like I'm having to like, smack my lips or something yes, to be like, yes. Ugh, ugh, ugh. I have never once I don't think I've ever finished a stout because Me they're either. so heavy Me yeah either. they they're intense and they always sound interesting to me in like the winter and the fall when it's like oh it's a pumpkin pie stout or a chocolate something stout and I'm like <laughs> yum milkshake that's what it says to me milkshake and then I take a sip and I'm like bleh, not milkshake but it still tastes good but then bleh, it's too heavy my stomach hurts my tummy hurts okay Picture this. Now I'm thinking maybe I'd like a stout in this form. You take one of the whiskey ball filter things that you pour water into, but you pour a stout into it and you freeze it. And then you get like a bowl of your favorite ice cream and then you put that in the middle and you let it melt slowly over time. Just came to me. That sounds kind of good, right? I think that sounds delightful. I think we should try it out. What if if we did that, but we did an iced coffee. We did like a cold brew with a nice like cream that's goes with the flavor of like a pumpkin cold brew cream, cold foam from Starbucks and then had a stout ice cubes <gasps> and let that kind of melt. Oh my gosh. That Do would be feel- amazing. Let's try this. And then maybe you even pour that over ice cream and just make it all, oh my gosh. I don't know, indulgent. I was about to say um, I'd have a sugar fart, but I meant sugar coma. <laughs> Honestly, maybe a little bit of both. <laughs> Probably both, yeah. If we're using anything that's fake sugar, that fart is going to be guaranteed from me. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, sugar alcohols. <laughs> Yikes. Yes. I know. Too much, too much. But interesting you're coming on to beer again. I like that. That's fine. Yeah. We'll have to have Oktoberfest together soon. We Too will. Good. We will. We, um, we're thinking about doing a spooky movie top five next week so stay tuned you guys and maybe we do one if we have time i know our weeks are crazy busy it might be Mm -hmm. before after we record we do a spooky movie night and we drink some octoberfests that would nothing would make me happier at this point (laughs) honestly same (laughs) after the weeks that we've had post vacation i I just think we've earned it i really think we've earned like a whole day of a movie (sighs) marathon drinking octoberfests and making cookies straight up Straight and up. we'll put some fiber in there somewhere because we're getting mm-hmm. older and we need to make sure we're on our fiber game. I definitely need fiber in my life on the daily. Absolutely. Although when I was younger, did I ever tell you about the fiber one bars I used to eat in my lunch every day in eighth grade? I did the same thing. Okay. But in ninth did, grade. Is this a shared experience? So I had chemistry in the afternoon oh, no. and in physics. It was a chemistry physics class. Mm. We did one each semester. And I would go into that class and I was holding back farts the entire class every day, every single day. And occasionally they'd slip out and it was literally like warfare. I just could barely pay attention. I'm like, the most embarrassing thing you can do in eighth grade as a girl is fart in front of all the people in your school, right? Well, I hope that's not the case anymore, but it was when I was in eighth grade and I was holding back the farts and I never knew why. And then Mm -hmm. I learned that it was the fiber one bars. I stopped eating them, completely solved the problem. I know. I know. You gotta like squeeze the cheeks, squeeze the cheeks. Don't don't let the dude out. 
Um, I never had a farting issue with Fiber One bars. <laughs> it was always just a regular poop uh, issue. And I wouldn't even call it an issue. It was more like a solve. Um, oh, okay. Well, that's problem. what it's supposed to do. So I love how you just seamlessly pulled a Coke Zero out of your book bag. And now yeah. you're going to drink it. It looks so good. Is it cold? <laughs> It's a little cold. It was in the fridge at home. I was talking about sugar alcohols and I'm like, I need my daily intake of sugar alcohol in my Coke Zero. That is really nice. It's been my like uh, my comfort drink over the Mm. past year. Like when I have a Coke, I feel comforted, which is also like why I don't think about drinking alcohol when I'm having a bad day. It's more like I just want something that makes me feel like a kid. I guess. Mm-hmm. That's really sweet. So I'm I like, two get bowls me of alcohol. cereal today and I'm having Coca-Cola. I'm like, now, I love alcohol, but I like to drink it for different reasons most of the time. Like having when I'm like, let's party or have fun. And sometimes when the days are hard, but I don't know. Today was just a, I need a Coca-Cola day. I love that. I too had a Coke Zero at lunch. Nice. It was wonderful. I did go to Chick-fil-A for lunch. I know you had it for dinner, but I ah, lunch. So good. So good. I, um, I did buy, have you seen the new Coke? Why 3000s at the store or advertised? Mm-mm. Okay. I had not seen them either. I had gone to see The Haunting in Venice and then had to go on a grocery run at the Publix next door mm-hmm. to my movie theater um, and walked in and they had this display of them. It's the, uh, they do those special edition Cokes. Mm-hmm. So it's a special edition one right now, which I learned was the formula was helped, the, the creation of the formula was helped by AI which is very bizarre. So I bought a Coke, the Coke Zero version of the Y3000 and I tried it yesterday. So that was my Coke yesterday and I did not like it. What does it taste like? So at the top, it tasted kind of like gummies or hard candy, which is not what I go to my Coke for. I like the um, kind of caramelly, uh, bitter but sweet taste of Coke. Coca-Cola Classic is my favorite drink in the world, but you know, I drink Coke Zero now, but anyway. Um, so it was way too sweet at the top and you couldn't quite taste that classic Coke flavor. And then it finished with a little bit more like vanilla caramel, but the, I couldn't get the first taste out of my mouth. Mm. Too fruity, too candy-like. Maybe kids will love it, but I loved regular Coke as a kid. So I don't really know. I don't know. Yeah. It wasn't it for me, but AI, uh, you didn't win this time. No, you did not. You don't have Hannah's vote. I still have to try it. Verdict's still out on me, but yeah, you do. You do. Coke is my is is also my favorite soft drink, um, in the world. And so, yeah, I don't. It doesn't sound like I would like it either. So, would you say that that that's your ish for the week? <laughs> yeah, honestly, this week has been just oh. flying colors. That is my ish. Is just that I was disappointed in the Coke that I purchased. Um, no, but we can go, we can get <laughs> into wish, our right? goods and our issues. Yeah, I wish seriously. Um, I can get started with my ish. So I know I've hinted towards this, but today was just a really bad work day. And the back, the past couple weeks have just been really tough for reasons I won't get into out of respect for my company and to protect my peace. So, uh, yeah, Jackie just saluted and I agree, just salute to that. <laughs> um, but just some really, some tough stuff and I'm just feeling pretty down on myself. So I would say that the work stuff has been hard, but the harder part has been, you know, we talked about self-esteem and how my self-esteem bar has risen. It has. However, it's just like when I do feel like I have really low self-esteem again, I just remember what it was like to feel that way 
years ago and, you know, I've done a ton of work and I don't feel like that every day anymore, but I've been getting back in touch with that version of myself that just has really, really low self-esteem and, you know, that leads to depression. And that's just been coming up the past couple of weeks and it scares me and I don't like it. So that is my ish. It's just not been a good mental couple of weeks, mostly because of work. It's okay. It happens. Yeah, but it sucks. You know, it's not fun to deal with. Um, But I'm here to remind you that you're brilliant and amazing and everybody else who makes you feel otherwise are just idiots. So (laughs) thank you. And the same goes for you. And also, that's so kind. I understand it's it's the hardest person to get to believe how great you are as yourself, right? It's just tough stuff. It's tough stuff. It's really tough stuff. So uh, yeah. Um, really appreciate you. Very grateful for your support. Appreciate you too. Always here for you, dog. All the love. Mm. Hannah just pounded her chest. Yeah, I did. And then Jackie did. And it was a really good moment that I wish you guys could see, but you can't. You can visualize it though in your mind like you're doing now, I'm sure. Um, Unless you don't have visual thoughts, which we've talked about before. Yeah. So so sad for those people. Honestly, my heart goes out to you. Mm. Oh, yeah. I'm sure your way of experiencing it is just as good, but just in a different way. Yeah, that's a better perspective. <laughs> good spin oh, zone. No. You know, everybody just sees the world differently, I suppose. But I'm with you. Yeah. I uh, Maybe you're visualizing it. Maybe you're not. Um, but yeah, that's that's a hard-ish. And life is hard. It's hard to be an adult. It's hard to do it every day. And I know we've talked about this before, but and I'm sure you can even hear it in our voices in some podcasts, like if it was a good day or not, because I just feel like I hear my own voice right now and I just sound so like exhausted and just mentally shot. So that's me. That is how it sounds. I would think. That's how I'm hearing myself and you. Millennial, young millennial spiral of uh, what we were talking about before we jumped on the podcast with Connor and Ned, who are hanging out in the other room, we were just talking about how our generation is just so screwed because inflation is just skyrocketing. Wages are not keeping up by like a 40% margin. Homes are just ridiculously priced. When you have a home, that means you're accruing that debt, but you also probably have student debt, but you also probably Mm -hmm. have debt from other things because it's impossible to work a full-time job and still be able to pay for everything that our parents paid for. And yet we're getting the feedback from other generations like, oh, you're just lazy. Like, no, I'm working really hard in a job that used to be able to provide for a full family. And I would struggle to pay for just a single person's rent if Isn't I was that crazy myself. Yeah, so it's just, messed up. It's it's ridiculous. It really, really is when I think about it. I, I don't let myself think about it very often because it's really depressing. But mm-hmm. it is. I think it's good for us to be thinking about this and for us to challenge the older generation to say, even if they're not being particularly um, dismissive of our struggles, because I think a lot of them probably sympathize and you know feel mm-hmm. really feel really badly for us, but just to make everyone aware of how much more challenging it is to live a life that's balanced, which is why we're talking about this today, which we'll get into in a minute. But mm-hmm. before we dive into that more, I would love to hear your ish and then we can end with our goods. Oh yeah, most definitely. It's funny when I was talking, this is how mentally exhausted I am. When I was talking about um, being tired and that, that in my mind was like, oh, I'm sharing my ish, which like, so this just shows you how mushy my brain is. It's like as if I already gone through it, which I did not. I did not Maybe, go through it. Did you? I mean, I honestly could have just completely missed no, it. No, I did not. 
I'm okay. telling you, I did not. I do not remember. I would have believed it 100% either way. It is. <laughs> See, that's where we're both at. Mine, I think, is really similar to yours. I'm just really burned out. And I can feel myself just being burned out. It's that season when we're planning for next year at work and there are a lot of client asks and it's just becoming really overwhelming. And I'm so thankful I have a vacation coming up. I didn't take a lot of time off at the beginning of the year just because I usually take time off later in the year because that's like around Ned's birthday and our anniversary. And so it's usually like October's when I take a full week. But um, just, I need it. And then it's just, it's one of those things where you get to a point where you're like, should I laugh or should I cry? Because I'm so stressed out. Um, which at the end of the day, we're, we'll get into work-life balance. Like it's, it's all good. I am fine. But, um, sometimes you just got to laugh. Today was one of those days where I was like, I'm going to choose to laugh. Um, yep. Which is kind of nice. Like it allows me somewhat of a, of a separation yes. emotionally. I'm like disassociating um, in some ways. <laughs> I hate that you have so, to do that. But it's it's happens. the best way to handle a situation like that. Happens. Um, and, you know, it's all factors that are out of my control. So I know that it's refining me in some ways. But then also in other ways, it's like, okay, well, I could probably be dealing with this a little bit better which I'll get into when it comes to work-life balance and why I think that my personality is just not inclined for like a work-life balance mentally anyway, apart from actually physically doing work. But I know I'm jumping the gun a little bit, but that is my ish. I think it's great that our issues are work-related because it's really going to segue us well into our topic. So hurrah to us, except we did our issues first and then we got to do our goods and those may not be, they're definitely for me not work-related. I can just go ahead and just say that up front. (laughs) So remember my ish and then we'll segue from there. Um, My good, I think it's sort of the flip side of my low self-esteem over the past couple weeks is that it's challenging me to like really dig in my life and figure out what I'm maybe missing to help support me when I'm feeling really down on myself. Jackie and I were talking about this before the pod. And I was just saying that I'm, you know, starting to realize the older you get, the less people you have in your circle for the most part. And maybe not, maybe this is just a unique phase in our lives. And when we have kids, there's going to be, you know, they're going to be in school and those kids' parents will become our friends and like our circles will grow. But right now, it's not that I don't have a, a lot of great friends. It's just that like I'm I am working in corporate America. So the people I spend most of my time with are at work in an environment where you aren't really supposed to act human and talk about your hardships and do life together in that way. And I have some really great friends. Obviously, Jackie is one of them that helps me feel loved. But just it's been good, I will say, even though it's been hard to step back and think about like how, what do I need to focus on and and growing and nurturing in my life to make sure that I'm supported because I'm not going to be able to always pick myself up and that's okay. Yeah. So just continue to, to water those friendships. That's, mm-hmm. that's what I've been, uh, I guess what has been reaffirmed, mm-hmm. which is a good thing. That is wonderful. It is a good thing. And it makes more room for people that will be there to support you and cheer you on and, Uh, tell you all the wonderful things about you, but then also to do the hard things in life with you and to be able to provide good insight and wisdom into that. So that's really cool. Yes, it is cool. And I really 
appreciate that insight. And I think it's very healthy and valid. Um, yeah, I just am really excited to see how life takes you and me and where we go because, you know, I've, I haven't changed in any drastic ways, but I'm just growing up. And I think that my needs from friendships are shifting, not a ton, but just a little. And, mm-hmm. um, and I, you know, have different things about me that I, I want to be seen and appreciated now. And I've learned you gotta, you gotta stick up for yourself in that and seek that out. So I appreciate your, Jackie, your insight and wisdom in affirming that. Oh my gosh. Same to you. So you've affirmed me in very similar conversations. So I just appreciate our friendship um, and our willingness to like talk about those things and to be in similar seasons of like, hey, uh, you know, these things have changed, not necessarily about me, but the seasonality of my life has changed and therefore that's impacted the relationships and friendships that are in my life and it's bound to happen. But um, I know I'm excited to see where that goes for me and you too, because I think very cool things ahead. Cool things ahead, man. Cool Cool, things ahead, man. Cool Cool things. And last thing I'll say on that is I hope you guys listening are also seeking out friendships where the full version of you is taken in and appreciated and loved. And that's just really, really important and very hard to find. So I hope that that's very hard to find. High value for you as well. You deserve it. You do deserve it. So be around people who love you. You can be yourself around because life's too short to not do that. Do not, mo- do not mold yourself for anyone. It is a trap. It's a trap. It's a trap. Turn around. It's, it's, a, trap. Trap. it's a trap. It's an exhausting it's trap. trap. Turn around right now. Don't, don't, don't look back. Okay. That was it's a, a deflating that was track. A it's like going over those spikes when the car's not supposed to enter and then you try to reverse and then your tires get like punctured. Did that's I tell you the story? Relationships. No, did that happen? In LA, yet? when I saw somebody do that with their car, we had these gates, just real quick. When I lived, um, I, oh, I spent uh, a summer in LA and I lived at the Oakwood Apartments, which were all the childhood. Uh, Wait, did the you child- know? I didn't know you lived at the Oakwood Apartments. Yeah, that's where yeah, the great LA program. What's that? There's a documentary about it. Have you watched? There is. Mm-hmm, I did. What? Okay, we'll talk about this later. That's yeah, very exciting. Yeah. And there was <laughs> there was one point where so you had these two gates right at the back of the property. You had one at the front, two gates at the front, two gates at the back of the property. It's huge property. Um, it's up like in the hills. Um, and so essentially, when you're going out the back, there's a gate where you could be coming in, and there's a gate where you could be coming out. Well, you had to have a pass to get in or out. Well, um, it was an Uber driver, and they were trying to get in the gate, but they once somebody went out the exit, he punched the gas. Ned and I were watching to get back in to pick somebody up. And his both his front and his back tires, because they had the spikes, if you were going the opposite way, it went and like all four tires were popped. Oh, buddy, that's like a $1,000 mistake. Yeah. And then oh, I both were like, and we were like calling an uber from the outside to like go on a date and we both were just like oh this is so awkward um that was crazy but that's so tough for that guy or girl tough but it made me think about that so i had to say that Um, yeah maybe he was also he or she was also in some relationships that were deflating just like his tires i could see it just like the tires how unfortunate so Mm. unfortunate double entendre okay uh what's your (laughs) what's your good (laughs) um i would say my good I think I've been trying to slow myself down mentally 
um, both, both in my personal life and at work. So just trying to be more thoughtful about things. Like I have a tendency when I get frustrated or uptight about things that I just start to like, I become like a fixer and I'm like, I have to fix this right now. I have to fix this right now. And I get really anxious. So I then do a lot of cleaning to get my anxiety out or I, um, probably speak too much into something like if if somebody's like hey this is wrong or something and I'm like oh it's not wrong because mm, and I relate to that I'm such I a fixer literally today <laughs> yeah it's and then so instantly regretted it I know and then I'm just like why don't I do that this is like the perfectionist mentality I've really been trying to slow down so like for example this last weekend and I think this is why last weekend was so restful for me is that I was like, okay, on Saturday, we ha- the house hadn't been deep cleaned in like a month. I know this sounds very trivial and, you know, not that big of a deal, which it's not. But uh, typically I would, you know, on Saturday want to like clean everything. Like I'm so tired of just like having like stuff dirty. I've got to clean this now. I was like, you know what? No. What does my body need right now? My body needs to rest. Ugh, I'm so I proud. need to slow down. So I spent the day, the whole day Saturday. Ned and I ran a few errands, but we did like stay the whole day on the couch, which was so nice. And then Sunday I spent probably, I mean, I needed to clean for like five hours. I mean, that's how behind I was, which is a long time. But even after that, I did have like a chill Sunday evening. And so like I felt really rested going into Monday. And I was really happy that I had done that for myself because um, I could have very easily done, you know, been really stressed out and thinking about it a lot and all that good stuff. So that's very impressive. I'm very proud of you. Thank you. So that was my good. That is very good. That is very, very good. <laughs> Thank you. Well, speaking of our issues, <laughs> which yeah. you know, yeah. we're not speaking about, work-life balance. Okay. So Jackie, as I said, she asked if this could be a good topic today. And Mm -hmm. I was like, yes, absolutely. But I'm curious, what got you thinking about that today? So I will go back to when I was at a bar today. Essentially at four o'clock, I told my team, it's been a hell of a last three weeks. Do y'all want to go to the bar? That like four o'clock. What a great boss. I don't know. I try. I try. Um, And, you know, it'd been a long time coming. I haven't done something like that in a minute. And so, you know, we went to the bar at like four. Um, and here's where the work life balance thing come into play. I didn't take a lunch break today, but yet I felt guilty about going to the bar at four o'clock. It's like, and then I worked when I got home. It's like, why do I feel guilty for that? So silly. All that to say though, this is where the idea came to me. I was sitting next to one of my team members, Katie, shout out to Katie. If you listen to this, hello, Katie. And then I'm sure Kelsey's listening to this. So hello, Kelsey. There's two of my, um, team members, I guess. (laughs) Hello. I went to the bar with. (laughs) and I said you know what Katie I she gave these brilliant ideas for topics recently and then I I said you know what I want to I want to do the topics you had mentioned previously but you know those are more we need to be more well researched for those I was gonna say she sent some great ones but those are not off the dome (laughs) yeah we're gonna have to prepare more this is today's Hannah and I have had a busy few weeks and we're like okay what's something where we like we doesn't have as much prep time you know what's just gonna (laughs) bubble out of the soul with passion it's like okay work-life balance which well, I said, it suggest we could also just hop on and say hey we're having a mental health day we're gonna make cookies love you guys talk to you next week uh we were that close to not recording yeah that's how, that's how tough today was <laughs> we almost didn't do that yeah we almost did do that and didn't record but um 
I asked her, I said, well, what should we do today? Uh, and she was like, how about work-life balance? And I was like, whoa, that is a great one. Um, so that's what spurred this topic on. Um, but I have always had a struggle with work-life balance. What I really wanted to talk about today was an organic conversation around how you think your work-life balance is today, how it's been over the last, because me and you have been in the working world now, like what, five, six years? Seven. I have for seven, you probably for five or six, because I graduated six. early. But you did too. I did. I did. Seven, six for you, seven for me. Um. Yeah. Wow. Getting on up there. Um. We've been in the working world a while. <laughs> no wonder we're burnt out. I know, I know. I'm so sorry to anyone listening that's been working for like 40 years. I'm so sorry, but seven yeah. years, it's a tough, this is like the year that a lot of seven years is like a year people say a lot of people get divorced. I'm like, it's the year I also want to divorce from my job. <laughs> You're like, see you later. Well, not from my job, but from just like work in general, you know? Yeah, it can get, it can get taxing. It, it can at times. Um, oh. That's Whoa. Eddie. He'll say hello to Eddie, everyone. My crazy dog. <laughs> and he just wants to pipe in. God bless him. So funny. Um, but I want to talk about where you feel like your work-life balance is right now. Also, kind of a conversation around, okay, well, how has it been for you in certain seasons over the past seven years, the past six years for me? Why in the world? Like, how did we get here? Like, like I like how do I in 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 I want to hear about what your relationship is to work-life balance because I'm looking at myself going, how did I get here going? Why in the world do I have such an unhealthy relationship with the way that I think about work? And it totally falls on me. Like, it's like I, you know, obviously it's product of my environment. You know, I'm a perfectionist, had to be an A-plus student, all this stuff. But like, it does not leave my brain when, when, I, when I leave work sometimes. I, it takes a lot for me to, do, to be able to shut that off. Um, so that's a lot that I just said, but I think maybe a good starting place is like, how are you feeling right now? I actually think I have pretty good ability to have work-life balance, uh, specifically because I am doing something that I'm not that passionate about. Not that I'm not working hard because I do work really hard. And when I'm not, when things aren't going very well, or I'm really frustrated about something, I definitely will think about that. But I when I left working for the church, which was a very unhealthy work-life balance because it was just so muddied between what's personal life and what's work. And that was mm. almost, it was impossible to draw a boundary, like actually impossible. So when I left working for the church, it became very, very important to me to draw a very clear line. And I think I just was very able to look at corporate America and say, they don't, I don't owe them more than what I'm supposed to be doing for them. And they don't know me more than what they promised me. Mm -hmm. So like, that's the beauty of it, right? Um, can be a, a curse, but usually is, is the beauty. It's very clearly defined. But I have been pretty good about setting boundaries since I would say the job before this one of just I'm not doing this after hours because I'm not paid to do mm -hmm. this after hours. And I did have an hourly job. The first job I, I left Perimeter for was an hourly position, and then the one after that as well. So I had to log my hours, and I became very comfortable or very jaded quickly if I was working and I wasn't being paid for it because I was noting my hours, and I would know when I was working and I wasn't being paid mm. on paper, uh, on the computer, but on paper. And so that really got me angry, and I realized if I'm going to sustain 
myself in a mentally healthy way, I have to be very very careful and drawing boundaries. So when I started this job specifically, I, you know, I work remotely. I'm like, I'm not going to work after hours unless I feel it absolutely necessary. Uh, that's just not something that I feel my job is that is important enough to do that unless it's absolutely necessary to, for Mm -hmm. the function of my role to close a deal or something like that. But if it should be able to be handled during business hours, I'm asked to be work, to be working from 830 to 5.00 if it can't be handled during those business hours, then I'm probably doing my job wrong. So I work really hard to, to set that mindset. I, not that I, like I said, if things are going poorly, I might be thinking about it. Or if like I've got a really frustrating situation like I've had over the last couple of weeks or if a mm-hmm. prospect being particularly difficult, like of course I'm going to have to respond to emails overnight or whatever, but I'm always pissed when I have to do things after hours because I know that's not what's being asked of me. And I don't want to make it a habit because if you make it a habit, then people expect that out of you. So that is how I view it. I also think ADHD is a really big player in this because my brain is going all the time about everything. So even during work hours, I'm thinking about a million other things. So at night, I'm always thinking and my brain never turns off. So maybe that's why I think I have a good work-life balance because my brain is just going on stuff all the time. So it's never really, I'm never actually resting. So I don't know. That's just how I feel about it. I'm, I know that I start to get really bitter if I work after hours a lot. So yeah. That's how I feel. That makes sense. Um, And that's great that you feel like you're in a place right now where you're like, hey, if, if, you know, I'm getting something done between 830 and five and like, I'm not thinking about it outside of that unless it's like, you know, fundamental to like my success in this job or it requires like this type of functionality of my position to be successful for a deal for whatever, like that makes sense. Yeah. Or if like I, you know, had to not work for a little bit during that time period, I need to make up for it. Like, you know, all that, but I try to be very careful with my time because it's not that my company doesn't care about me, but corporate America, you know, my company has to think about the bottom line. That's what's most important to every company. And it should be like, that's, it's, we live in a capitalist country. It's how it goes. So I need to understand rightfully my place in that is that I help contribute to the bottom line. And that is my most important function. So I got to, they're not going to be looking out for my mental health. I have to look out for my mental health. Um, So I learned that the hard way um, when I worked for the church. And then afterwards was like, I've got to, I've got to be careful. So Mm -hmm. that's why. That makes sense. Um, And I think me and you have similar, we did not have similar first jobs at all, just in terms of industry and True. mentality and all, all of that. But I would say that my first job, like yours, had no boundaries. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like at all. So I was working in artist management. Um, they could call me anytime, day or not, night. They could call me on a weekend. It's like, you know, there was, they expected your personal life, like for you to drop everything for this person. Um, so I think coming out of that job, like you, I was more so like, I'm going to have more defined boundaries. But the few jobs that followed, I had bosses who had different expectations and who were like, no, like if we're, if I'm still working at six, you're still working at six. If you're not online with me, like, you know, that's not okay. Like you're going to be like, you know, I don't know, not fired or something like that, but like maybe, maybe your place isn't here. So, well, then that's definitely your boss's fault 
like straight up because I mean, I'm sure like I, Connor makes fun of me because even when we take Eddie outside, I'll have my team's app up to make sure I'm live mm-hmm. because I know that that's something my company looks at. Understandably, we're a remote company and I don't feel comfortable to take my dog out without being live on my phone. So I think that if I had had a similar type situation, I'd probably feel that way. But I've been very grateful to have some good bosses that had drawn good boundaries either for themselves or they had bad boundaries for themselves and didn't want the same thing for their employees. So mm, that's I say wonderful. Yeah. I say that your bosses are a huge part to blame in that. And it's one thing I like about the remote environment is they can't really tell you that because you mm. log off in your own place. You don't have to stay in the office with those people. Mm-hmm. You get to take care of yourself a little more. So that is one thing I like about remote work, but that really sucks that you've experienced that. Yeah. Um, and it's been interesting that that's been my experience. Um, and I think that that's helped shape the way that I now lead a team because I, uh, you know, I would say this is the most work-life balance I've ever had is at my current, is at my current job. Nine to five, I get in, I do the work. Like if it's something that there's like a, a project that's due on this day or like the client desperately needs this because their senior leadership team is asking for this deliverable like sooner than possible then, you know, I have to drop everything to do that. But for the most part, I work in between those hours. And if I need to work a little bit before one day and a little bit after one day, like all good. But I think that part of my problem is that I've set in my mind mentally going above and beyond just is the standard, like in my mind, because I'm such a perfectionist and I want to impress everybody and I want to be a people pleaser. I'm like, they asked me to do something. I'm like, okay, well, I'll do this and then some. Like I will um, under promise and over deliver almost every time, (laughs) you know, which is corporate lingo jargon, whatever. Um, but I have a lot more to learn. I think that sometimes I, you know, not take things to the next level, but I'm like, I put too much on me to where, like mentally I'm taking on, like I'm thinking about client strategy, like on the weekend, obviously that's cause I care a lot. Um, but at the same time, like when is there ever really like a mental break from it? So. Yeah, that could be a part of it for me. I just don't really care. Not that I don't <laughs> care about being successful. I, I do my best to be successful, but I don't feel that my job is a reflection of what I want for my life necessarily. So I'm dedicated to do a good job, but if it takes expending more of myself after what I've committed to, then I just like, I'm going to lose my ever loving mind. So I can't do it. Um, my world. I think that if I flipped the coin and was able to find something that I do care about, I might struggle a little bit more to have a balance. But right now it's like almost like my work-life balance isn't necessarily even healthy per se because I'm spending so much of my after work time trying to make up for how much I'm depleted from the job that the Mm -hmm. mask that I have to put on my ADHD mask I have to put on every day to do my job. So I'm just exhausted all the time. And you know, with ADHD, I don't ever get a mental break ever in general. So it's, I don't, I don't know. I guess that complicates it a little bit. It's not always about work, but my brain is always going all the time. It's pretty freaking exhausting. Um, But I can relate to the fact that thinking about things all the time and then popping into your head is tiring. That's not easy to have that happen to you. 
It's not at all. And I, I think now at this point, though, in time, it's it's becoming easier to shut things off. Um, but again, like I see things on, and this is the problem with social media. Everything looks better online. So it's like, oh, look at all what, and obviously I'm talking about Europe, right? It's like Europe's worth work-life balance. Like they have two-hour lunches and they just enjoy themselves. And, you know, our neighbor's French and she grew up in Lyon and she lived in Paris for two years. And she's telling me about how, oh yeah, when she worked over there, they all come in around 9, 9 a.m., but, you know, they leave around noon. They come about around again around 2, 2.30, and she's like, nobody's burned out because everybody got, like, a full mental health, like, two-hour break because no one's pressing them for, like, oh, I need this report at this time and da-da-da-da-da and, like, being all crazy, and she's in finance. So it, it, I'm like, why can't we adopt more of a similar mindset to that? And then I get cynical. I start spiraling in my head, and I'm like, why can't I like, you know, why does it always have to be um, not even stressful? Why does it always have to be the biggest deal in the world? Every single thing. And I know I help make it that though. Yeah. I would challenge you to try to start drawing more boundaries if you're, if you're actually frustrated about it, because it is, um, I think that that mentality is contagious and it's taken a lot of effort for me to not give in to that feeling. Like even hearing you talk about how much you work I was like getting sick to my stomach thinking about how bad I am because I don't work enough. And then I, which I know I do, but that's like, it's contagious. Right. And I think that I got jaded a couple years ago where I'm like, I don't get paid enough to be this stressed all the time. Mm-hmm. And I then had to draw boundaries because I was so angry. And I mm-hmm. think that this exactly what you're describing is just this like American addiction to work yes. because if you let it go, who are you? And I think that if we try to exercise letting it go and figuring out who we are and while still being good at, you know, doing our best and being a good employee, which is super important to me as well. Uh, but, but if I don't take care of me, I'm not going to be a good employee um, in a way that's sustainable. But anyway, if we mm. try to let go of this American hubris of we must work all the time and work as everything and figure out who we are without it, then maybe we're less afraid of drawing lines and drawing boundaries. I don't know if that's right or wrong, but surely other countries have their own problems, but the level of stress in America with work is ridiculous. And I did see a TikTok today or yesterday. It was a comparison of the same company and a guy in support in America and a guy in support in England and the difference in their experience. And they were insulin pump salesmen or consultants. And they were just talking about how you know, the guy in Britain was like, it's the easiest job I've ever had. I just help people and tell them how to use their pumps and then they're happy and then they leave the call. And the guy in America is like, I'm so stressed. And the guy's like, why? This is the easiest job. And he's like, well, because um, all these people are asking me to turn off the pump uh, reminder to fill insulin because they can't afford more. And then also they're talking about... Um, or just healthcare and how they can't get access to it because it's backed oh, up and like all this stuff. And he's like, I deal with angry people all day and whatever. And then I'm also um, having to work extra hard because I can't pay for my rent and like all this stuff. And so I'm like, yeah, I relate to all of that. And I'm not I'm getting stressed out just hearing that. <laughs> yeah. And like, it's not to say that it's better in other countries in every way, but I do think there's something that we can learn from them about maybe not putting so much value on spinning our wheels until we die with something that doesn't even care about us as much as we care about it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's just maybe I'm wrong, but mm-hmm. I just get really passionate about this topic because 
I just get really depressed thinking about how much Mm -hmm. time of my life I give to a company that I really appreciate. And I know they appreciate me, but it's not, it's not the thing Mm -hmm. I want to define most of my time or most of me. Yeah. I think a few things from what you just said really stood out to me. I think the first being the American hubris of being addicted to work and that becoming an identity. And that's something I can very quickly fall into and become. Of course, and it's super easy. And I've done it. Completely get it. So easy. And I think what that's come from is I remember in school and like, uh, you know, a lot of like lessons it could be almost in any any subject uh arguably where like you know uh to be the best you've got to get a's to do you know to to, if you want to go this career path you're gonna have to work really hard everyone's working hard around you so they're already creating this narrative in high school is kind of when it begins and then more so in college is everybody's gunning for what you want you have to fight harder and it has to it it has to matter to you more. At least that was my perspective on it and what I was choosing to listen to. And I was like, well, you know, being a competitive person, and I know you are too. Well, I'm like, well, obviously I have to be the best at this. I have to go to, you know, the best school that I can go to. I have to be the best that I can be. But that was that was the front runner in my mind. That was the focus, not as much so the what do I want to do? Which obviously I went to school for what I wanted to do. And I'm sort of, you know, it's like I'm not doing exactly what I wanted to do. But it's like, again, you can probably hear it in my voice as I'm talking. It's like work is an identity thing for me, or it's a thing that I struggle with and have to shut it down and be like, who is Jackie outside of a company? Who is Jackie outside of a profession? And it's like, you know, sitting down and thinking about that and Well, I I do think I need to like retract a little bit of what I said and say that who you are at work really does matter too. Like that is important. Of course. And I think that my own personal prejudices against the fact that I can work hard at stuff and it still doesn't really get you ahead or get you the success that maybe like we talked about our parents' generation saw Mm -hmm. and they could pay for all the things. And like, I'm like, I can't even afford a house and I'm busting my ass and it doesn't matter. And that is where I am today. So you're, you're talking to a jaded person that has just seen that it hasn't worked for me. So I don't Mm -hmm. want that to rub off on you. Who you are at work does matter. And it matters that you're doing something you care about. That is a freaking gift. And I think it's amazing that you want to work hard at it. I think it's just something to be cognizant of uh, is, are you taking care of yourself in the meantime? And are you showing the other parts of yourself as much attention? I guess. I don't think so. And I think the reason why I'm responding, and this is resonating with me a lot, um, is because I have a toxic relationship with my work, with my work being part of my identity. And so I definitely agree with you in that it's good for me to be passionate about things, but like not, not at the level that I'm at. Yeah. And you can, it it should be a part of your identity. Like I hope one day that I have a job where I feel that I feel that it's something I'm proud to have as a part or that it's a reflection of my identity. Not to say like what I'm doing now is very honorable. My company, again, great. It's not about that. It's like, I want something that's a little more reflective of my gifts and talents and something Mm -hmm. that is actually a reflection of me. And I think it's good that you're in a position where you feel that your reflection of your gifts is showing. And I think you should own that and, or you should continue to own that. Uh, But obviously just do that, like inner working and figuring out 
like I have to do too on when I'm thinking about switching into a job that I can feel similarly as you do. Um, I've got my own work to do, but just like take care of Jackie and make sure she feels amazing in work and out of work. Yeah, you're right. Because I I think I focus on checking the boxes and I go, yeah, I'm really good at this because I'm I'm good at it. But when I really step back and look at it, it's like, am I checking a box so much so where I'm just exhausting myself? And I think I'm not taking that time to really process, um, like knowing that I've done my best on something and stepping away and being okay with that and not being like, I could have done this or I could have done this or that. And that's just my personality and all of the things that I do. But since work is such a large portion of my life, that's what takes up a lot of the mental space. Yeah. I mean, that makes total sense. And I think it's hilarious that our conversation right now is just an exact reflection of an Enneagram 3 and an Enneagram 4 because I don't have, I need to find deeper meaning in what I do and I don't have that right now. So that's not motivating me to give as much of my soul to it, I guess. I'm giving all my effort, but my, I still feel like, you know, it's not the right soul fit long-term. Mm-hmm. Maybe it is. I don't know. Um, no, I know it's not. I don't know why I just said that. Um, but And then, of course, an Enneagram 3 is all about the success. And I have some of that in me, but definitely overshadowed by the other part. And the success part is so good. And then, you know, the, the soul part is good too, but they're not good when in isolation. They need to be in check. No, 100%. And we'll have to do a episode, and this is another idea that, Katie had had for us is an episode that's on like personality types and enneagrams and all that fun stuff and we'll circle back to that but it's it is really interesting to see our enneagrams come out in this because I resonate with what you're saying because you know I have the individualist part of me too but it's the achiever that is the is the one that is like the tries to be the star of the show which is really really frustrating to me at times like okay yes this is driving success in certain areas of my life but it's also becoming an addiction and and sure. can be you know have an obsessive nature which i think prevents me from from being the best that i can be which i think that'd be yeah. with anything though yeah for sure can i just say it amazes me that you can work so consistently and so hard like i work in spurts and i now know that's because of adhd i'm sorry to mention it again but i can't Don't imagine be sorry. working that long and hard. Like I just, my brain cannot stay focused on something that long. My brain is literally so defective. (laughs) It's really not defective though. I I think in a lot of ways, um, you know, I end up exhausting my brain because I can sit there and I'll hammer something out, hammer, 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 and I'll be so driven to keep at it that I'm not recognizing that I need to step away. And it ends up being detrimental to a project or detrimental to my day, something of that nature. Like I was so bad at working from home during COVID because Ned would get on me all the time. I would sit down at my computer and I'd never leave. I'd hardly take a bathroom break. It's really amazing to me. I don't know how you do that. It was really toxic for me. My mom is like you in that like she can be so like she can just do something all day for eight hours. Yeah, I'm extremely productive. It's honestly a miracle to me that you can do that. Like I think it's actually really freaking cool. My brain could literally never do that. See, it's it, it's so funny watching like we're like appreciating what, it, you know, the qualities that each of us have. I, I wish I could stop a lot of the time because, well, because it ends up not it, being a good you're thing. You're never actually stopping. You're just thinking about other things and like thinking about all the stuff you need to do. 
but you're mm. not doing anything. It's actually incredibly counterproductive. And I really wish my brain was wired differently because it doesn't, it's not helpful. I can tell you that, which is why it's a miracle to me that you can actually be like cleaning as a release or doing a task is a release where I spend eight hours a day thinking about what I need to do and anxious about it. And then I don't actually do it. And then the next day I feel anxious about it all day. And then I have 15 minutes of incredible productivity and I can do like a whole eight hours of work in 15 minutes. And then that's it. <laughs> it's Dang. just a that's impressive. No, it's not. It's a waste of my life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you have way like more cool and deeper thoughts than I do, though. About Helpful. like, I feel like Helpful. what? Helpful. Uh, I don't know. I f- I think that sometimes I get too caught up with things, and then like I don't. I end up missing certain things because I'm so like zeroed in. Um, and it just doesn't become healthy for me, but obviously two sides of the coin. Totally. I think it's very impressive. Granted, well, obviously be healthy for yourself, but I think it's really cool that you can sit down and like actually stay focused and on task for eight hours. It's yeah. amazing. I, I weirdly like, it's great, but again, like I would spend in high school and college, like so much time studying. Like um, oh, yeah, I studied just the night before every test. Are you serious? I- Oh, my oh God. Jackie, every paper I've ever written was the night no. before it was due. Oh Sometimes God. a couple hours before it was due. <gasps> oh, my God. That stresses me out. I GPA in college, so I don't know. But I, yeah. That's so impressive, though. Well, what I've learned is it's all about dopamine chasing, right? So people, people with ADHD procrastinate because you get more dopamine when you do something when there's a lot of pressure than you do mm-hmm. otherwise. So, like, we have a lot of trouble with low dopamine tasks like cleaning or doing regular homework or regular admin work. It's low mm-hmm. dopamine. Therefore, like, we can't give it our focus and attention the same way people that aren't neurodivergent can. And therefore, like, we, we seek out things that increase dopamine, one of which would be procrastinating to the last minute. I do the same thing at work, but I do excellent work when I'm procrastinating. So impressed by you see, like that's, that's what's a waste of time. It's such a waste of time, but it is good to know that's like how I function because Mm -hmm. I now understand why I used to just think Mm -hmm. I was lazy. And now I know it's, I'm not actually lazy. This is literally just how I'm wired. And there are ways I can try to adjust and like alter a little bit, but I'll never be able to sit down for eight hours straight. Like that's not how my I'm wired. Isn't that weird? It is so weird. And and to th- also at the same time, it's like, well, then I wonder, because when I procrastinate or when I have procrastinated in my life, I freeze. When I get that high dopamine, like I'm the night before a test, I need, I forgot about this homework assignment. I'm staring at the page. If I don't feel like I have enough time and I, my eyes are reading the words or, or trying to solve the problem, <laughs> but I'm so anxious that I cannot solve it. Like I, I needed, if I didn't have that time, I'm not able, like my brain thinks I'm not able to do it. That's so funny because I wonder if it's opposite where that's actually not a dopamine enhancing moment for people that are neurotypical uh, because what you just explained is how I feel with a low dopamine task for people with ADHD. So cleaning, that's how I feel. Or when I'm reading really boring material, like for homework, Mm. I read it and I cannot intake the information because I think it's boring. So my brain's thinking about seven days from Wednesday and like what I need to do then Mm -hmm. or like, and then I'll hop to the grocery list and whatever. And before I know it, I've been reading seven paragraphs and I haven't paid attention because it's boring in my opinion. And, and, and it's interesting you say that, though, because I've had times where there's material like that where I cannot focus in on it either if yeah. I'm not interested by it. But if I had to get it done, I will just – so here's the difference between us there. I wander off for seven minutes thinking about groceries and all this, but I keep zeroing back in. 
like I'm trying, trying, trying to like, I will keep, that's the consistency aspect. I will keep trying to focus, trying to focus until I'm finally focused, no matter how long it takes me well, to do it. Yeah. Then. And I mean, if it's like a, t- something that's due tomorrow, I will get it done. But if it's not due tomorrow, then no, I'm going to try and I'm going to close the book and I'm going to pick it up when it's due. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like the teacher would like assign us like same for high school and college. We'd get the assignment the day of. And what I would do is I'd map out when I would study. And then the next day (laughs) never happened. (laughs) And And the next day I would be like, okay, I'm starting on the paper. And then I would, in slowly over time, it would be like adding on, adding on, adding on. And then I would have like three rounds of reviews and then I would review. And then I would, I mean, I was super meticulous. I am today with my projects. I'm sure people from who work with me are listening and they're like, oh, that's why Jackie is the way that she is. That's so funny. It's so funny how everyone comes about doing a project differently. Because if I I have tried to do it like that in the past and there's been a couple of times I've kind of succeeded, but I am a very like in the moment juices flow and I start making connections and like I can't stop my creativity. So I, when I'm writing a paper, I can't write one paragraph at a time because I will shut off my connections that I'm making and I'll lose the strength of the paper. However, I lose on after I write the first draft, I need to do more. I, I've always needed to do more editing and stepping back. That's that's what I miss out on. But like, I'm not my best when I do things in small doses. Doing mm-hmm. it all at once is always going to produce a better result for me than it is in like small bite-sized pieces, which is yeah. so crazy because for you, it's always going to produce, it sounds like a better result if you do it in bite-sized pieces. Yeah. Because I get super stressed. Like the pressure that's like put on me, like for example, we had a client ask come in yesterday that was an additional ask kind of to what we had already kind of discussed we were going to do for them. We're like, all right. But it was like this huge deck we had to put together. And I was immediately, when I found out, I was like, at least, you know, obviously I have my team. We all, we all got together and we, we, you know, we pedaled to the metal. We finished it. We wrapped it up. Hard. That sounds hard. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was a challenge. And so we're met with the client today and, you know, all's well. And we're going to meet with them again next week and it's going to be great. And we're going to talk about it. But if I had, you know, like been on my, like by myself, not a team environment where it was like, you have to do this entire, like that, like I freeze up. I'm just like, Ugh. I was like, cause I need a week in order for this to be the best thing it could possibly be. Like, and that's because yeah. it's been habitual my whole life. Totally. Well, and that's a good, well, I don't even know if it's necessarily what I feel like I'm learning is it's habitual for a reason. It's because that's how you're wired to best create your end result. Mm-hmm. And I am wired a little differently to create it, it differently. And I think we can definitely learn from each other, but to, to a degree, we're made a certain way to be yeah. who we are and that's who you are. And that's really frustrating when you're put in situations where you have to, do it in a way that's not your best because that's frustrating. And that's part of why I don't like doing things metered out because that's not my best. And, and I, I think that, you know, whenever I have managers in the future, not my current manager, he's a, he's really great. But if I have managers who are trying to press me to work outside of my strengths, I want to work with them to figure out a balance between the two, because I'm never going to produce my best result when being tried to force into somebody else's pattern Mm -hmm. for best result. Yeah. And vice versa for you. Like you got to protect your strengths. And that sounds like your strength. Yeah. Yeah. It does. It does. And that sounds like your strength too. And that's pretty cool that we kind of know what our strengths are or how we produce our best work or like kind of what that looks like. 
Yeah. Um, I will say though, I like earlier when you were talking about working consistently, I get that pit in my stomach, like I said, because my whole life I've just felt lazy and I wasn't able to put together that, you know, that's, I'm not lazy. I'm just different. And which sounds so ridiculous, but I don't mean it that dramatically, but you know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. I, I still compare myself because that's what is seen in my eyes as like the standard as somebody who can work consistently, put in hard work day after day, after day, eight hours a day, every day head down. And I have held myself to just like feeling like crap about myself because I've never have been able to succeed at that. Like I just can't. I can't do it. And now that I have understanding about how my brain works, it's helped me give myself a little bit of grace. But even still hearing you say that, I'm just like, man, I'm a piece of shit. Like I can't, like what's wrong with me? See, It's so funny because you say that, but then I go, well, what's wrong with me that if I'm under pressure, I can't like deliver a paper in an hour. Like that's how I'm perceiving that, even though yeah, like, totally. so it's just, it, it's, it's again, two sides of the coin. Like, yeah. We just got to give ourselves grace because like, I'm never going to work in the same way you will and vice versa. But that doesn't mean that we're bad at what we do, but my mind immediately jumps to like, if I can't be that standard, which is like the excellent student, I got the grades, but I didn't get them the way that we were asked to get them. And that always made me feel like I wasn't somehow right. And I'm sure that you've, you know, felt similar ways, oh, but anyway, if the standard, if you're not meeting it, but you're still delivering the results, then just like, whatever. I was always super jealous of people that didn't have to prepare ahead of time. I was like, why can't I do that? Like, I would I mean, be like, this fair. is annoying. Like I had a lot of friends in high school and college would be like, oh, I didn't really like study or I did study, but the night before, and then they do just the same as me. And I was like, well, then why couldn't I have just done this for an hour? Like it's just, it would frustrate me. But then again, that's a stupid Completely competitive, competitiveness in well, me for no reason. That's like always comparing myself to other people. And that's exactly what the stomach feeling. That's competitiveness, yes. which is ridiculous because I love you and I don't see you. I shouldn't see you as a competitor, but it doesn't same. matter. It's, it's just you. like, it's I like know. WTF. If Jackie can do it, why can't I? Dude, same. I know. Same. And I get in my head about it too. And I was like, well, then why can't I make it happen? I think that that's that three, four, that four, three. Totally. And it's also just, yeah, it's, it's Enneagram and it's, it's, it's my newly found ADHD diagnosis. Like straight up, that's completely what this is for me. And I am glad that I know that now because I beat myself up for it for a long time. No, I'm glad. I'm glad. Well, I have understanding now. Well, and it makes a lot more sense out of my Enneagram four because they're definitely connected uh, because I spend a lot of time up here just like thinking about Mm -hmm. things way more than they need to. And it's, it's all connected. But I think that this makes a lot of sense to take it back to work-life balance, why we have such different relationships with work-life balance. I know that I work in spurts. So it's a lot easier for me to disconnect after hours because if there's a spurt, I'm going to do it. But like, I can also, I'm pushing it off till Friday a lot of the time, or I'm pushing it off to the very last second. I'm so sorry, anyone from my company, if you're listening, but I promise I deliver good results, but I'm (laughs) not feeling the burden of delivering after hours unless it's absolutely necessary because Mm -hmm. I've planned or I'm already pushing things off and anxious about it all the time. So I'm just, eh, it's just a normal part of my routine to be anxious about future tasks, but to push them off anyway. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And and I'm weirdly like, let me go ahead and get them done. It's like totally. done. Because that causes you relief probably. Exactly. I'm like done. Okay. Moving on. If I have to come back to do a second round of edits for the client, I come back, but then I need to just go boom, 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 boom and get it done as quickly as possible. Um, Cause sometimes it's just like, it's just, uh, there's so much coming in. It's like, that's the only way I'm able to manage it. If I even totally. held off on any of it, it would never get done because I'd be so stressed out. 
Yeah, of course. And I, I'm wondering Realized. like with, with knowing that about you now, like I know for me, what I've been working on just for work in general is like, how can I be a little bit more like you and work a little bit more in advance so that I don't get myself into a situation where I'm putting too much off to the last minute? Like how can I be a little bit more proactive in what I do? And that's a hard task for me. So that's what I'm working on. And it's not really work-life balance related, but it kind of is because my generalized anxiety that I feel in my head is related to some of that. Um, But for you, I'm curious, how do you feel like you can still keep yourself from being anxious and draw a line for work-life balance? Because that sounds hard. Yeah, it's really hard. Um, I have to feel in control. And sometimes it's almost like tricking myself into thinking that I'm in control, even though I I know that I'm not. So one thing that reduces my anxiety is feeling that I've given it my everything, which again, it can also be toxic because it's like, do you feel like you can actually give things your everything? Oh, 100%. Wow. That's amazing. And if I walk away, I'm satisfied because I know I gave it my everything. You're amazing. You're a spectacle. I, not really. <laughs> no, you are. And then Accept if, it. if there are time, well, that's really nice. If <laughs> I honestly wish that I didn't go as hard in the paint on some things because I'm always like critiquing myself. I'm always like, I could have done this better. Or like, if I feel like I didn't give my best, I will own up to it and I will take ownership and I will like go to the client or I will go to somebody internally on my team and I will go, hey, here's the final product. Here are things we need to be thinking about that I, you know, and I'm not like, I don't say it this way necessarily. I'll word it differently. But essentially what would have happened in this case is I would have put some things off until a little bit later. Obviously, I still had people QA and stuff. But like in my mind, I could have looked at that from three different angles strategically rather than two. And I need somebody else to know that. But that's like my own issue because because at the end of the day I just need to have the final product like I need to get better about being like this is the final product here I'm sliding it across your desk voila like it got there to you I gave it my best whether because because my best looks different on different days it's not always going to be the same I forget that so totally I just I I have this amazement in my eyes because I don't know what it would ever feel like to feel like I've actually given it my best because I think I'm just incredibly hard on myself in a different way, in a very similar way, but a very different way than you, where I don't think I'm capable of ever giving giving my best because I can't control myself the way I want to. And then I beat myself up about that all the time. So I've never felt confident in anything I've ever done ever, ever, ever. Like I'm not a confident person. So the idea of saying I've given it my best. Well, I don't think I even know what my best is, which is probably not true, but that's how I feel. So that's why it amazes me. I'm like, it's so cool that you can know for sure what your best is and have confidence in that. I think it's an idea of my best. I don't think I ever actually will know my best because my best is always going to look different for the rest of my life than what was before. But I, I, I do hear what you're saying. Like I hear you and, um, that amazes me though. Because I see the work that you do and I see the person that you are. And I was like, how could, it's hard for me to compute in my mind. And I'm not at all like belittling or disparaging your experience because that's what's going on in your mind. But like, I would never think that about you. Like, I would never be like, that's what's going on in your head. I'd be like, she's owning it. She's doing (laughs) her best. Like, she's got it. It's not like, I don't see that from you at all. Like, you don't show that. I I appreciate that. I think it's because I always know I do things in very little time. It takes me very little to deliver what I deliver. 
very little time. And I know it takes me a little time. And I always know that what's expected is for people to give a lot of time. And that's like what is expected in our society, right? And so I know that because I don't give a lot of time, I feel like I'm not capable or like I'm not giving what it would be my best. But I... I don't know. I'm just not capable of giving things that much time. Like I cannot sit down and focus for eight hours straight. So I feel like I then am not able to claim that something's my best because I don't put that much time into it. But I do put a lot of thought and my thoughts just move really quickly. So I need to give myself a little bit of grace. But I think it's that. It's the cultural understanding that giving it your best means blood, sweat, tears, Mm -hmm. and time, most importantly, time. And I don't give things as much time as other people do. And I think that's why I feel this way. And that makes sense. And again, going back to the narrative that is so loud and speaks of the highest volume throughout the week and what we see online and what we're experiencing day to day in the workplace, it's like, again, exactly what you're saying, time equates to giving your best. Yeah. And that's like what Americans push out, right? But I'm under the impression that a lot of people say they're giving a lot of time, but they're not because that's how I feel. But then hearing you say that you do actually give that amount of time is why I'm so amazed. And like, how do you fill all that time with stuff to do? I want to give less time and not meaning I want to do less. It's like, I'd like to take less time to reach the same goal and to finish the same project. Like work quicker, I guess. Um, I do work very efficiently. Maybe I guess is maybe the. the See, you work quickly and you still work eight hours a day. That's amazing. I work quickly and efficiently. I have a. So how much work are you producing? Are you producing like a hundred projects a day? Mm. <laughs> I'm amazed by you. <laughs> <laughs> well, honestly, it's not a hundred projects a day, but a lot of the things that I'm producing, I have to sit there and think about like a strategy for them. So meaning like. This could go three different ways. What direction do I want it to go in to make sure that I'm like giving the best to the client? But on top of that strategy, I have new business requests coming in that I have to answer to. You know, I'm managing three people. I got to make sure that all of them are okay. They're coming to me with questions. I'm answering them. So it's a lot of like, I feel like an octopus and I'm just like moving like eight of my tentacles and being like, I got to do this. And then I'm like, hey, actually give me two seconds. And then I finish this email and then I do this and I'm just... My mind is constantly going in different directions. I'm but always able to working. complete each thing before jumping yes. to the next. I, you're amazing. You're literally amazing. I could never do that. I, I, I well, that is kind to say that because it's so funny because I look at that as like I wish I could just. It, it can, I don't have to respond to an email right away when it comes in. I can let it sit. If it needs to sit for an hour, it can sit for an hour. It's like my mind is like, I have to do this task right now. Like I have to be the fastest one of that task. I have to get it done right now. And I have to stay on this project. And yeah, I don't know. I just get distracted. So when I get an email coming in, I get distracted and I stop mid-conversation with whoever I'm talking to and start responding. Mm -hmm. And then I just can't, I can't balance all that at the same time, but that's just my brain. (laughs) Yeah, Dude, it's like so cool. I I think our differences, because we get to the same conclusion. It's just like, we're going about it in two different ways. Yeah, that's fair. But also I think that um, I'm learning a lot from you in that. So I'm like, oh, it's, it would be okay if I stopped and I thought about other things and it would be okay if I went and I took a walk and it would be okay if I like, I have to allow myself the space to do that. I guess. Well, I don't really allow myself the space to do that either. It's kind of hard to explain, but when I'm not working, 
on something, I'm giving myself hell about things I'm not doing in my head. So it's not restful. Mm -hmm. So when I'm not working, I'm working on things in my head all the time. I'm thinking about things. I'm just not putting it on paper, if that Uh makes sense. That does make sense. It's like hell in my brain. So it's not actually restful. I have to work extra hard to like try to shut my brain off. It happens like maybe once every three weeks. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. it's not... um, I don't know. I, I feel like we have similar issues, just that plays out differently. Mine is maybe a little less concrete of mm-hmm. because it's all flying around through my head, but it's the anxiety is still present and the lack yeah. of rest is still present. Even though it may look to an onlooker like I'm resting, I'm really not. Yeah. So. Dang. Human mind is so like fascinating. It's wild. Like the yeah. things that we tell ourselves that we believe and the things that we focus on and then the time that we spend doing those things like it's wild it's like it really is like okay for instance when you talked about cleaning your house earlier I've thought at least 20 times about how little cleaning I've done in my house and how much I need to do and what I need to do and where it is and what I what products I need to pull out and how much of a piece of shit I am that I haven't done it already and that's been going on in my brain this whole time dude oh my gosh I'm sorry I don't know if your brain works like that but that's how mine is um, if I'm really anxious about something, it totally does. And then I'm like, oh, shoot, I need to focus on what Hannah's saying because I'm really anxious about this. But that only comes if it's like something that's pretty big that's been on my mind all day. But like some things like cleaning or like um, chores I have to do or like even work tomorrow. So like I, that is pretty good. I can like shut that off pretty, pretty easily, awesome. um, especially if I'm that's talking amazing. to another person. If I'm by myself in my head. Sure totally another situation but um yeah I was like beating myself up for a few weeks about our shower was getting like some gross mold in it TMI yeah that's actually the thing I like took all of our stuff out of it so I can clean it because it's been too long and yeah it had been too long for us to clean too okay I finally found a product that works because I for the life of me could not get the stupid mold like out and I finally Mm. bought a mold product and I used it and I let it sit and I came back and it was all gone. That's amazing. It was awesome. And I got it on Amazon. I couldn't tell you the name of it right now. But if you're looking I'll for the product, for that later because right now I clean my bathroom or I clean my bath or tub or whatever with just straight 100% bleach. I just throw it all over. Yeah, that's what I was doing. I was, do- I, I was doing that because that's what I thought was going to work and it didn't. That's annoying so annoying and I told Ned I was like I think we have black mold in our shower like I was freaking out and then I was like oh, googling shoot. it like because I doubt it, it was black mold yeah I I think I was or like I, the black mold you yeah. know I, I hope not I hope not either but like I was looking at it see it's so hard to tell the difference between black mold Gosh, and like really the is, black mold. but that's scary the same but I was scary. like oh no and I had a co-worker who had had black mold in her shower and then it got in her ceiling and they had to get it uh, professionally cleaned oh my gosh I was like oh no and like the minute she said that I started going on a deep dive in google and they were like sometimes it can look orange sometimes it, sometimes it can look black and we were kind of having both but if you've seen our bathroom tile it's like this really gross we're gonna have to get it changed at some point when we have money to do so it's gross like brown tile like early mm-hmm. 2000s so hard to know what color so you can't really tell like what's what and I was like screw it I'm buying like the craziest thing like as if I have black oh, yeah, mold. Duty. Yeah, I'm gonna want that it went away because I get scared about that stuff too it went away and it's in the bathroom the, the showers never looked cleaner I was I was very pleased very pleased but I had been thinking about that for a few months but it would pop into my head probably once a week 
Yeah. Like in opportune times when you can't do anything about it. Yeah. And I'm like somewhere else, like when we were at Disney, yeah. I'm sure yeah. I pulled my head once and I was like, well, I guess I'll deal with that later. You know, again, <laughs> nothing, I literally can't do anything about it today. Nothing's gonna, <laughs> you know, oh, I this. so relate to that. Yeah. It's crazy. Brains are weird. Um, yeah, I can, I don't know what, it, what it is, but like I can be having a conversation with someone and be giving it attention and have a different conversation going on in my head sometimes. Sometimes mm-hmm. I can't give the other one a con- <laughs> the other yeah. conversation attention and I get distracted by what's going on in my head or what I think about. And it's not always anxiety based. It could just be like stupid. Um, but those random intrusive thoughts, they're real. They are so real. Like I, uh, I sometimes like cannot control what comes in and out of my head. Oh, and yeah. I'm just like, who can? I'd like to what meet someone who can. Thought. Oh my God, me too. And I'm like, why did I think that? And then I was just like, no reason. My brain just thought it. Yeah. Like it's like, oh, yeah. I think sometimes people don't, I don't know. Slightly related, but unrelated. <laughs> Eddie, I, w- I had him out for his like last nighttime pee the other night. And there's this white, go- this white doodle that uh, lives in our apartment complex. The, the parents will not let it meet Eddie. And Eddie is a very friendly dog. He's like a ball of energy, but he's very friendly. And one time Connor and I were walking um, back to our apartment, a little bit further away from our apartment, we saw them and Connor's like, can they please just meet? Because they kind of like stare at each other and Eddie feels threatened by this dog. Cause it's like, he doesn't know it. And if they could meet, it'd be great. And the woman said, um, I'd rather them not. And it was like this very oh awkward situation. And Connor was like, no, they need to meet. And I was feeling social awkwardness and it was just a whole thing. <laughs> and oh, anyway, no. they, they like kind of met, but not really. And then the other night we see that dog it rounds the corner from where those little like bushes are by our apartment. Mm -hmm. And Eddie just, it immediately barks and Eddie immediately barks. And it's not his like friendly bark. It's like scary. So I don't even look at the owners because we had that weird run in and I just take him inside. Like forget about him going inside. But he's never, he's never scary to other dogs. Like he plays and stuff, but he's not like a vicious dog. And that was a very weird moment for me. I'm like, is he like this with other dogs? Like started really scary. Mm -hmm. And then that night I had a dream or that next morning, I like right before I woke up, I had a dream that Eddie and another Corgi, and I I think it was like, it looked just like Eddie, but I knew it wasn't Eddie, had blood on their mouth. The other Corgi had a lot and Eddie just had a very little. And I looked up and there was a white dog, like a small white dog, like a Bichon Free. So like a, not the doodle, but similar to the doodle, was bleeding from its gut and they had like bit it. And we're like destroying it. And and then I couldn't tell if Eddie was trying to lick the wound clean because he didn't have as much. And the other dog had it all over its teeth. But I couldn't tell. And this is like the intrusive thought of Eddie being potentially a mean dog ended up in my dream that night. Isn't Our that brains crazy? are wild. It, it was one of those moments where I was disturbed for like the first couple hours when I woke yeah. up. I'm like, is my dog a murderer? understandable yeah you're like is everything okay it's so weird yeah i'll have like one thought or i'll see something like on instagram just a blip and then i have a whole dream about it and i was like i wasn't even thinking about that you're just like what is going on up there in my head so weird weird. and you know what this is exactly why work-life balance is so important because our brains are (laughs) a weird place and they need rest they need rest they freaking do so what would you say is your takeaway from work work life balance like if you had to put it in a pretty little bow and wrap it up in a box 
So for starters, I want to take away just continued motives like for starters in my charters. Charters uh, for starters, I want to take away just continued motivation to eventually pursue a career in something that I'm going to care about as much as you care about your job, um, because I really want that one day, and I know that I take a lot of pride in my work, even though you know I work in spurts. I do take pride in the work I do in spurts. So I want to eventually take pride in what I do in something that I feel is a reflection of me. So that's for charters. <laughs> and then secondly, I want to continue to be okay with the fact that I work differently than what is expected what is like standard in American mm-hmm. ideas and that that's okay because that's how I produce my best work and it doesn't make me lazy. I've just had a lot of like one time my, my brother would call me lazy all the time. And, um, I just, I don't know. It just like really, really is a sore spot for me because I know that I'm not. And I know that even when I'm sitting on the couch watching TV, my brain is racing with other things. So I'm never actually resting in a way that like somebody who doesn't have a brain like mine would be resting when they're doing that, but I'm not. And because of that, like, I I just feel that people think I'm lazy and it really, really, really affects me that people think that. And I want to let that affect me less and just be like, you know what, this is how I work and I need Mm -hmm. to be confident in it because no one's going to be confident in it for me. And then just continue to learn how to optimize that and adjust because the world is built for people that can work for extended periods of time. And I need to learn to at least adapt slightly. I mean, I've been adapting my whole life, so I've definitely learned some ways, but I I need to learn ways that are more sustainable and make me feel less bad about myself, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's a good carry out. I think that um, I feel like I've learned a lot from you talking with you throughout this episode because I think it's allowing me to also look at work differently and to know that there are different working styles, but that it would be okay for me if I just chilled out a little bit, hold back on some things. Like I, I do need to slow down. Um, or at least just be, I know you're an amazing manager, but you can at least be aware that maybe you have somebody working for you that's like me and has a brain like me. And mm-hmm. I don't know, or in the future you do or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. It's always good to learn. Yeah. Yeah. And to think about it that way, that's a, that is a, that is a good point. And I think I've got a lot of work to do um, myself on separating work from my personal life, like even in my mind. Just shutting that, shutting that off for a bit and saying, I'm happy with the work that I did. I gave it my best, but then moving away from that and just having a little bit of a break. Um, I think there are benefits to, you know, focusing in on a task and thinking about it for a long time. But I think in a lot of ways I overexhaust and I overextend myself, which is not healthy for me. And so I think there's a lot, a lot of good things to be said here. And there are a lot of really valuable things about about the way that I work, but also some red flags that I need to be aware of. Because it's really easy for me to be excited and passionate about things and be on board for things. But uh, when is it impacting my my health and like longevity and so on and so forth? But I am thankful to work in an environment where um, the work-life balance is very uh, agreeable and um, it makes a lot of sense. And the first job I've had where people are very reasonable so i'm yeah i'm Thank so relieved for that so glad you found very that for that um because i've again i mentioned before had jobs where you know you work eight to eight some days and no break and that is what it is so 
Yeah. I'm glad you found a place because I think with your work style, you can get really easily exploited Ooh, in yeah. environments like that. Because even if I'm in office from eight to eight, my brain is not fully on that whole time. It's just not, as we've talked about, I just can't do that. Um, it's just also just not how I work. But your working style, I think, is primed to be taken advantage of. And I think that's oh, really, yeah. really, really, really unfair. Super unfair. Um, and I just need to look out for myself and yeah. keep doing the best I can do. Yeah. And um, I just continue to be proud of the work that you do, but know that, yeah, you're taking care of yourself too. Thank so you. that you can keep doing good work for longer. Yes. We have to find it sustainable because if we're at seven years and we're already gassed, like obviously <laughs> what we're doing is not sustainable. <laughs> yeah. I need to, to, to go a new route in my brain and figure out how to, how to, uh, you know, have better, better mentally, mental work-life balance. Also, I'm getting distracted because have you ever gotten a little knot in the back of your hair where like, it's like matted, like a dreadlock oh, yeah. almost? Yes. I don't get, get it anymore. After the podcast, it straight up feels like I've been working on this thing for like a year. Like I can't I, even um, fit my hand through it. Yeah. I would, before I ever bleached my hair, my hair had kind of a, it wasn't as curly as yours, but had kind of a similar texture and thickness as yours. Mm -hmm. And when I would go to the beach every year, I would get huge mats under where, where my sweat would happen. And so, um, I don't get them really anymore because the texture of my hair changed with bleach, but those are crazy. It's like a rat's nest. It is like a rat's nest and I could just cut it out but don't I do won't that do yourself. that yeah just I've had put to a do a bunch of hair oil on it and then let it relax or something I should probably it's so big ew look at that <laughs> it really does look like a rat's get nest. I believe in you it doesn't look that bad from where I'm sitting but I don't know I it's probably so can't see the whole thing up, like a tiny little knot like right at the nape of your neck yeah that's where I used to get them They'd yeah. be like, I remember then, one spring break I could like not even brush through my hair it was disgusting but I was in middle school maybe and I like just wore my hair beachy and down the whole week like an idiot and it got bad. It got really bad. Yeah. It's like not even like it just looks like a nest. <laughs> it yeah. literally looks like a bird flew in. Like not even like a proper like pretty dreadlock. It's just like a bird's nest. Well, maybe it's housing some beautiful eggs, Jackie. Gross. It'll become beautiful birds. Uh-huh. <laughs> Oh man. Well, okay. I did want to say one thing on what you said earlier about how you need to change your brain. I know you didn't mean like entirely, but I just want to oh, no, say not at all. continue to like just small adjustments. I think small adjustments mm-hmm. is so important for me to remind myself. I, nothing drastic can actually happen and be sustained for humans. Like it's just not possible. Uh-uh. So I'll just make these small adjustments and slowly mm-hmm. continue to grow them over time and hopefully sustain them. That's great advice. Um, you're right. Growth over time, sustainability. That way you don't feel, well, I hate failure. So I Same. can't set super high goals because every time I do, I fail. And then I feel like terrible about myself. So, and then I feel like when you set super high goals, you do achieve them and maybe you burn yourself out doing it. Yes. And then I fail at other things because <laughs> I focused all my attention <laughs> on one thing Touché. and I'm like, frick, dang it. Um, but yeah. Cool. This is a good one. Yeah, it was. I think work-life balance is super important. Uh, thank you guys for listening to us talk about it. And yeah. we're just really grateful that you goodish people out there listen. And if you have any thoughts on work-life balance or you have mm-hmm. any tips for us and our particular work styles, 
please let us know. We are yeah. open to feedback because we Hit obviously want to be better. Um, but yeah. Also, if you have ideas for future episodes, like Katie, thank you. Thank um, you. We would love to hear it. So feel free to DM us on Instagram, Goodish People Pod, mm-hmm. or on Gmail, goodishpeople at gmail.com. We would love, love, love your feedback and mm-hmm. your recommended topics. Um, we're going to be digging into some fun stuff moving forward, but we're always open to adjusting the schedule to throw in something you guys want to hear. Of course. And Garlic Impressions is live <laughs> on Instagram. Didn't think I actually was going to make one, but we made one. I can't so, wait for it to continue to thrive. That video of <laughs> Twilight and Ned was just epic because I feel like Ned when I watch that movie. <laughs> I love it, but I still feel like Ned. Same. The writing, I, I couldn't finish those books because of the writing, but I'm a snob. I'm so. going to call the baby EJ, Edward Jacob. <laughs> Are you sure about that, Bells? I, like that first book slaps, though, I, I got to say. It does. Oh, my gosh. For a middle I was schooler. A Twilight gal. Yeah, for a middle schooler, like that love story. Yes, please. I've had that song in my head all day. I ain't girl. I haven't revisited those movies since they came out because oh, I should. wasn't really a big Twilight person. I did see all the movies and I read the first book, but um, it wasn't really like my my jam because I was a nerd that was just, I don't know. I was reading a bunch of like classic literature, like a dummy. Jackie, that is a, that is a lot of hair you just pulled out of your head. She's, she, uh, for those of you that are not in the room, AKA all of you, she just pulled out her rat's nest and it looks painful. This was one part of it too. Ouch. I know it almost looks like a little, like a little doll. It is like a little corn husk doll. It does look like a corn husk doll. It looks doll. like it does. That or is like truly little, amazing. I need to take sea, a picture for the people. A little sea urchin. When we post. This is incredible. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Amazing, wow. amazing. That's just a portion of it, too, you guys. That's how thick my hair is. Um, yeah, so go follow Garlic Impressions if you want to keep up with some stinky memes. Yes, please follow it. You will not regret it. I can just guarantee you that Jackie's going to deliver the goods. Oh, yeah, you know it. Um, whenever I think up an idea for a meme or a gif, I will make it happen. She will. She will. Um, and it's going to be excellent. So please go follow Garlic Impressions. Follow Goodish People Pod at on Instagram. and you know, email us. We love you all. Love you guys. Thank you for listening this week. Uh, Catch you next week. Bye, goodish people. See you. Bye.